Hello and welcome to the Dot Ball Cricket Podcast. This is the South African Cricket Podcast, concentrating not just on our pro tiers competing at home and abroad, but also on the domestic game here in South Africa. And it's a very great pleasure for me to welcome once again our two former pro tiers on the Dot Ball Podcast, John Kent and Paul Harris. Good day to you, gentlemen. It's a very exciting time for South African cricket at the moment. The Proteas men's team are in England, and uh, we've got a test series starting next week. Uh, Always great excitement when uh, South Africa and England play test cricket. But we've also just come off a white ball series against England and a couple of T20s against Ireland. Uh, South Africa drawing the ODI series 1-1 with the third game being washed out uh, and then what I thought was a particularly superb uh, T20 series win over England winning that series 2-1 and then they won both matches against Ireland. Uh, Paul let's start with you. Uh, what did you take away uh, from those, those white ball series? Look, I think that, uh, first of all, to sort of win a series there is a pretty good, very good effort. Um, I don't think the sort of brave cricket tag that they were uh, sort of branding around, I know, albeit in the more in test than in white ball, I don't think many people gave us too much of a chance. Um, but we certainly did play some, some very good cricket. Uh, I think the first game was a bit of a, you forget the first game, I think we, we, we dropped 300 catches. And, and just and just didn't play well. That can happen. Um, uh, it, uh, it is that can happen in cricket. You can just uh, you know you can just have an off day where everyone is just off and you can catch a hammering. But then uh, you know typical South African style. We uh, under the pump and we sort of came back and played some some very good cricket. Um, it was great to see you know certain guys. Jesus Hendricks I think was a standout. Um, you know I kind of thought you know he proved me wrong as well. I didn't think that he was sort of guy to open at the top of the order in, in T20 cricket and he proved me wrong and played superbly well against a good bowling lineup and uh, and just an all-round I thought a very all-round good effort Adam Markham was superb and then the way that uh, Shamsi came back after taking you know having an absolute nightmare in the first game um, what people got to realize is a leg spinner on a small ground like that it can happen um, he didn't bowl well he bowled too short to come back and uh, and show the sort of uh, champion cricket that he is after that was uh, was great to see. So, you know, good signs for the South African team. Maybe you now a few good headaches when it comes to selection. Um, you know, you a lot of players playing well. Um, I thought Ingidi was superb uh, with the ball um, as the seamers, and it uh, looks like we got all our bases covered. Yeah, John, uh, just on uh, Reza Hendricks, just uh, well deserved player of the series uh, in the T20s, both T20 series. What do you think is behind that uh, he's really kind of reinvented himself, hasn't he? Yeah, I think um, a couple of years ago in those from those first editions of the MSL, he played for the Josie Stars and he got 300s on, on the, off the reel and, and that was outstanding and obviously elevated him into that national setup. Um, he's been in and around the squad for some time. Like Harry mentioned, he's been around for some time. He's been given a lot of opportunities. And it's good that he's taken it with both hands in this, in this tournament. Who knows when, when an F Timber Bavuma comes back into the squad, replaces him, you know, what's going to happen there? That's a big question, my biggest question of how the coaching staff's going to work this out. Uh, Decock, obviously, he even had a laugh at himself on Instagram saying he got the TFC award. Good series, but he got the TFC award. So he's got a sense of humor about it. 
And uh, that, that that's the kind of guy is. He won't get too fussed about that. We know his class and he'll come back strongly. But I think uh, Paul Tashton and Gidi, I was really impressed. His, you know, the commentators also mentioned quite a lot is, is that that slow ball that he bowls, that off-cut it, hardly anyone is able to pick it. And normally, you know, an off-cutting slow delivery, that those are the ones you, you see quite easily. But he disguises it well. Um, he hit good areas, even though, uh, as mentioned before, we, we got off to an absolute shocker of a start. Um, Bairstow's, you know, summer continued. Uh, he's, he's had a wonderful time of it. But, uh, yeah, kicking out of there, I think we really did well. Um, good problems to have in that batting order now. With the, the likes of Rousseau, Stubbs, Miller, Markram, three, loving, loving him there. He's done really well. Um, yeah, so there, there's some really good finishes. Maybe someone like a, like a Rassi van Dussen might come under a little bit of pressure, even though he adapts well in most situations. Uh, the arrival of Rousseau, the arrival of Stubbs into that middle order or top order, where vice versa. Um, you know, those, those guys are serious match winners. You've got to be honest with you. Riley Rousseau and, and Stubbs, they come off you winning the game. So their reputations just keep enhancing. Um, obviously, now moving across to the test cricket, very excited. Uh, you know, Lords as well, kicking off not long to go till that happens. So, yeah, hopefully, hearing Robada had a, a slight ankle injury, but they obviously hoping he, he regains fitness for that first test. Paul, uh, well, just on Lungi and Gidi first, uh, I agree, he, he was absolutely superb. Uh, with the white ball, and uh, what I was also very pleased to see was that he actually was he's he's get he's got his pace back as well. Um, you know, a lot of the time when he wasn't bowling slower balls, um, he was pushing one forty, which is fantastic to see. Paul, just staying with the bowlers, uh, I just wanted to go back to something you said about Tabay Shamsi in that first game, uh, where I think he went for forty nine runs and three overs. <laughs> Real shocker, but uh, there was a really short straight boundary um, in that game, and it was obvious that he was a bit freaked out by that. Hence, he bowled too short. But uh, as a spinner, how easy is it to get maybe a bit too carried away with things like field dimensions? Uh, you know, to kind of lose the plot a bit because he's so worried about uh, one short boundary. Look, I think coming into the game, he was probably, well, not probably, I think he, he was definitely short in confidence anyway. Um, you know, he probably hadn't been bowling as well as he has before. Uh, too many short balls. I think Shamsi's better when he gets the ball up there. He generally gives it a bit of air, allows his uh, sort of, you know, his other one, his googly, to take effect. Uh, when he's bowling it sort of into the wickets, uh, back of a length it sits up and allows people to sort of, you know, carve them over the leg side. So I think it was maybe a bit of both, a lack of confidence, and then also, uh, you know, to compound that a short boundary. Um, and then, you know, he didn't particularly bowl well to that short boundary either. If it's a short boundary square, then don't bowl short, bowl full. So, um, you know, it was just one of those days. It can happen, especially as a leg spinner. You know, you can sort of, you know, you can get it wrong. And you got it wrong. And when you get it wrong to those kind of batters in that mood, um, then you're going to go the distance. And he did. Um, but the important thing is, um, you know, his, the, his ability to bounce back. Uh, I think that that's been something for me that I never thought that, uh, that Shamsi had. He was one of those sort of fair-weather cricketers. When things were going his way, he was very good. But when they weren't, he was not great. Um, and for him to come back the way he did and, um, and bowl so well and sort of then get a fifer and... You know, it was great, great to see. I think, you know, him and Kesh together. I mean, Kesh didn't get a lot of 
wickets in the series, but he didn't go for many runs, and uh, he, you know he gave that glue for the team, uh, that bowling unit. So the two of them together can be hard to uh, to not pick them uh, going forward. Uh, they were a wonderful combination, and uh, Tobias Shamsi uh, bouncing back superbly, as you said, Paul, with eight wickets uh, in the next two games, and uh, certainly showing that uh, once he'd shaken off a bit of the the rust. Uh, that he's still very much one of the best T20 bowlers in the world. And, and what a potent combination it is with uh, Keshav Maharaj. Uh, just in terms of selection, though, the T20 World Cup coming up in October, of course. Uh, you mentioned it, John, uh, <laughs> the uh, selection problems. I, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, who Who is your, let's say, your top four? Um, I, I think we can all agree that Miller and Stubbs um, if you know, partnering the two of them together towards the end of a, a T20 is going to be fantastic. They've got to go to the World Cup. But uh, John, give me your your top four for the World Cup. Um, I'd go. I'd, I'd obviously the Cox there. I'd go Reza Hendricks. Then I'd go Markram. Uh, after that, I would. I would. I'm trying to work out now. This is the tricky one. Now, I'd. I'd even fancy getting Miller in at four. Um, obviously, there's a Klaassen, there's a Rousseau. I, I might get Rousseau in there. Maybe four, get Miller five. And then I'll probably go stub six. Right. So you, you're dropping the captain, Timber Bavuma. Uh, Paul? Yeah, look, I'm not far, not, 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 not far off. Um, I'm going with uh, the Cock and Reza. Um, I think Riley Rousseau is uh, X-Factor player. Uh, he bats three for me. Uh, then I'd have Markram uh, definitely at four. And then from there, you can sort of, uh, you know, you can pick and choose depending on uh, on the sort of conditions. I think Rassi, um, I'm, I'm just worried about Rassi's starts in T20 cricket. I think he puts too much pressure on others, although he does manage to pick yeah. it up towards the end. He just puts too much pressure on the, on the sort of uh, other guy on the other end, you know, soaking up too many balls. Uh, if he can find a way to start quicker, then he's definitely my number five. And then Stubbs, uh, Stubbs at six, and then you can sort of, from there, go on with your all-rounders and see how you how you want to do it. But that's sort of where I'm going. Um, I think a huge loss uh, in the Test series not having Bavuma. I'm just not sure that he has the power and the you know. I don't think T20 suits his game. So unfortunately for me, he misses out. I think Rusty Fanderson is definitely under pressure, mostly because of those slow starts. If you if you look at his T20 stats uh, in 41 matches, he has an excellent average of 36. Uh, but the strike rate is 128. And uh, as you say, those slow starts uh, do put those around him under pressure. Um, I do wonder, uh, does Quinton de Kock have a have an endless length of string? Is he uh, always assured his place in the side? Because there is going to be a lot of pressure, obviously, uh, to pick Timber Bavuma. He is the appointed captain. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, if he wasn't the captain, for me, you'd have to go to cock Reza Hendricks. I don't, you can't leave Reza out after his performances now. Uh, Riley Rousseau at three. I mean, he showed his class. He's world class. And uh, Aidan Markram at four has done an unbelievable job. You've then got Markram Miller-Stubbs uh, to finish the innings uh, with a guy like Heinrich Klaassen probably scraping into the squad as the, as the reserve wicketkeeper. But there's a lot of explosiveness there uh, for the Proteus to end T20 innings. Just uh, on Timber Vivuma, who's uh, missing the entire tour of England 
due to tearing the ligaments in his elbow. Uh, apparently, they're still not sure when he's going to be fit. Uh, they hope for, for the India T20s at the end of September and obviously for the World Cup straight afterwards. Um, but he's not hitting balls yet. So that's going to be a an interesting race against time for, to, for Timber because, uh, John, if he doesn't play in India in those, in those T20s then, is it fair to expect him just to come back at a World Cup? I think I think this scenario exact or well, carbon copy happened last year as well before the World Cup where he was injured, um, and and just just didn't get any games under his belt after a long injury two months or so, um, and then he was brought back into the squad short of game time, short of form, um, and and match readiness, and it and it didn't obviously work out well for us and I think this sort of similar sort of situation is going to happen again where there's a chance he's not going to have played any cricket for three months but be be facing the first ball in the in the T20 World Cup and is that good you know Hendricks like you say he's not he's flattened the door there's no door left so you know like what do you do in this situation it's it's a form player like been brilliant to cock. The problem is if you drop a de cock, then you got then you need to find another opener. The Clarkson comes in, he bats middle order, so it's a total different dynamic. Um now you have to consider. So yeah, it's very tricky. Yeah, now some people will talk about Tristan Stubbs being able to keep wicket, but he doesn't do it regularly and it would be a hell of a ta- ask for him uh in his first major tournament to take the gloves as well. So yeah, Quinton de Cock, so much class there, I'm pretty sure that he he will come right sooner rather than later. Let's uh, let's move on to the Test Series, which is uh, starting next week, the, the first Test at Lords. And, uh, Paul, you mentioned it, brave cricket. That's what England uh, are doing these days in Test cricket. Uh, how are South Africa going to counter that? Look, I think you won't see too much different from the South African team. Uh, you know, we, we, we play the patience game in Test cricket. Um, we're very disciplined. We sort of hit top of off stump. Uh, you know, with the seamers and uh, the spinners, we sort of hold, especially in the first innings. Um, and we ma- we wait for the opposition to make a mistake. It's sort of been our way of playing test cricket for quite some time. And it's worked for us. Um, you know, South African cricket captains like control, especially with the ball. Uh, and uh, and that's what I expect we'll do. I think we'll be very disciplined, we'll hit good areas. Um, be, I think, way more difficult for the English players to play the expansive game that they did uh, in previous series has gone by. Having said that, the wickets have been pretty good, uh, pretty flat. Interesting to see how the wickets play there now. Um, you know, sort of later on in the season, we should see a bit more spin. Um, you know, later on, sort of getting more into the sort of uh, autumn, is it going to be a bit of rain about? Uh, then there'll be a bit more swing. Uh, very difficult to play those sort of shots. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play against our guys. Um, I think given, you know, given opportunity, they'll play the same way. Um, but if we can hold our lines and lengths and sort of uh, be the sort of consistent bowling unit we have been for the last little while, um, I'm sure it'll be well, it'll certainly be more difficult than it was against the sort of other teams that were there. Um, but having said that, they've played very well. That sort of brand of cricket's worked for them um, so far. There's high risk. We could find them bowled at 52, playing the same way. Um, it'll be exciting, that's for sure. I think we've got some, you know, all bases covered. We've got some good fast bowlers. A very good spinner or two spinners if we need. 
And um, I mean, more the sort of worry in South African team is the, is our batting unit and whether we can put enough runs on the board. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Uh, John, uh, South Africa have actually struggled against England, I think, mostly in test cricket since the return from isolation. Uh, we've had some memorable triumphs, but it's always been a really, really tough series against them, uh, especially away from home. What makes it so hard over there? Oh, I think the the I suppose the conditions they they're pretty attuned to. They've played plenty of cricket, um, you know, through the throughout the season in all the different formats. They've have adapted to conditions pretty well. But saying that, we've been there for quite some time as well. It's not like we've flown in in, in April and. And, and got to face some green wickets and is doing a lot to me, a bit short of match practice. We're having a good match practice started yesterday. Um, the batting unit's getting a hit out in the centre. Um, but I, I think the, the the general trend that's happened is that the, the England seamers have, have normally done a good job, the likes of Broad, Anderson. They've been always so good over the years. Um, the, the, the spinning side of it, there seems to be they come and go. Um, from time to time, they haven't really stuck with someone for for long periods of time. The likes of a best comes and goes, a few others along the way, a leech now, um, you know. But I think their, their their power would be from the Stokes besto, you know, sort of area with a bat. Um, their top order, there's a couple of inexperienced guys, um, short on runs up at the top, which could be an opportunity for us. Um, but but I agree with her that the, the batting unit is going to be vitally important. We, we bat we bat big, uh, and we bat big in the first innings in particular to to take uh, the pressure off um, in those second innings and try and get those English guys out in the centre as long as possible. Um, and once you've got got a, the upper hand in any game or any series, you, you, you keep that upper hand. You don't let them come back in because that crowd's massively vocal. Huge support, like the twelfth player, basically. So, yeah, I think this is going to be an unbelievable series. Paul, back to you. Uh, you brought up the batting, and uh, of course, there's no Timber Bavuma for this Test series, and he's been averaging uh, around fifty in recent times in Test cricket. How are you going to fill that hole? What's your batting unit looking like for Lords? Yeah, look, it's a tough one. He's it's a huge, uh, huge shoes to fill. He's been uh, almost by far our best player in Test cricket for a while, and even more so, I think, in England because uh, you know with the swinging ball, you need the best techniques. Um, and he certainly has got, if not the best, one of the best. So maybe he could be this up there as well. But one of the best techniques in the in the in the South African side. So a huge uh, loss, and, and not just that, also his uh, you know his leadership abilities as well. So a huge loss for our Test team. Um, having said that, there's a couple of guys there that could uh, sort of uh, sort of sort of fill that fill that gap. Um, I'm very keen to see how Keegan Peterson goes in this series. I think he's a serious player. Um, I think it's a very very good technique, um, and I think there it will sort of suit his style of play. You know, so not the suit just too dissimilar to South Africa. Uh, or maybe swings a bit more, but I think he's the sort of guy that is uh, that is uh, sort of up to the challenge. I see they're playing a, a game, a sort of warm up game now. Um, where the top order didn't really, well, I suppose, our two uh, openers got in, uh, in Alvia and Olga, but um, sort of uh, had to get rescued a little bit down the order. Um, I think Rassi van Adistan will certainly play um, in my team. Um, you know, he gives you that sort of, 
uh, he's, he's pretty solid at the top. Uh, he can uh, soak up pressure and he can sort of also, uh, you know, play the, the game later on down the line. I think we're going to be we're going to be relying heavily on Dean Alba, um, you know, his captaincy. I think runs from him in the series are going to be crucial. He is our senior player. You know, he's our main guy. And when he plays well, South Africa play well. He gives you that sort of, uh, you know, he gives that fight in the team and uh, that never say a die attitude. But there certainly is an opportunity. Uh, you know, Ryan Wilkinson has been in great form in the UK. He's been playing a lot um, there. You know, does he get a go? Um, I think he deserves a go. Um, you know, Kai Zondo has just put up his hand again now, um, you know, with uh, getting runs in the warm-up game. Um, there are a few questions. Um, I would go with, uh, with, with, with Ryan Rickleton. Um, I think he deserves his spot um, in, that, uh, in that top order. Um, obviously, I think Dean and Sorrell are the two, uh, the two openers with, uh, with uh, Keegan Peterson coming in at three. Um, and I think four, you'd have a, a Ryan Rickleton. And then maybe a four, Rassi, five, Ryan, depending. I don't think it makes too much difference. Um, and then you've got to decide what you want to do. Do you want to play, you know, six would be... Other six or seven is Carl Verena. Do you want to play an extra batter? Then Zondo plays uh, at six, and then you've got Carl Verena at seven, four bowlers. Uh, is that risky with three seamers and a spinner, um, especially if Robada plays because he's you know, got that niggle, that injury? Um, a few questions to be asked, um, but certainly that's the sort of uh, lineup I'd go with. How's your selection for Lords looking, John? Similar to Paul's? Yes, yeah, um, yeah, I'm agreeing with him with Rickleton getting that opportunity. I think that, you know, obviously our rock at the top there, the two left-handers, huge Keegan, I'm backing him as well in that position. He's, he's done well there so far. Um, but, yeah, I think the, if, you know, as, if you think from an English perspective, you know, I think if they, they want to get some early inroads and try and have a look at that bowling at number five and six guys who would be fairly new to international cricket, Lizondo, that Rickleton, obviously we know that they are solid players, but at that level, they haven't really played any cricket there. So that's going to be a real test for them. And that's somewhere, I think, where, where the Englishmen are going to try and really dominate those type of players. And hopefully they're up for the fight and, and, and can get through and keep building their reputation. Test cricket, of course, is uh, all about taking 20 wickets to win the match. And... Uh, I'm quite liking the idea of uh, South Africa playing two spinners, Maharaj and Harmer. Obviously, if conditions uh, suit, if it's going to be a, a seam-friendly pitch, then, then no. But uh, that also then means that you left with Rabada. Uh, I like the idea of Marco Janssen bringing the left-arm variation. Um, and then one other paceman, which would be presumably Anrich Nokia or or Lungi and Gidi. Uh, but that then means that uh, if you're going to feel, feel that attack, then someone like Marco Janssen has got about seven. Uh, Paul, would you be confident that between, say, Janssen at seven, Harmer eight, Maharaj nine, Rabada ten, you, you, you kind of, that all adds up to like a, a, a bowling all-rounder. Yeah, I think so. Um, it just depends whether you're going to play both the spinners. Uh, I think that makes a big difference because if you have to play the extra seamer, then I think it weakens the batting lineup. Um, because Harmer would then would then sit out. Um, so I think then it would weaken it. Um, look, I when I look at it and I look at the inexperience in the middle order, I get very worried with uh, just six batters um, with uh, the keeper at six, and then your all rounder at seven. Um, but then I also have to toss it up and say. 
you know, is three seamers enough? Um, do we consider being pretty flat in England? Three seamers and a spinner, is that enough? If one goes down, you're in terrible trouble. Um, so that's a tough one. I must admit, I think that with that particular sort of selection, if you ask 10 people, you might get sort of, uh, you know, five on an answer, you know, 50-50 either way, whether to play the seven batters or the, you know, the sort of extra all-rounder. I think the way they will go, I think they'll play the six batters. I think they will, um, hopefully, I think they're hoping that it's going to be pretty dry and they can play the two spinners and then it allows them to play, uh, you know, sort of two spinners in, in, in Kesh and, um, and Armour as your sort of extra batter together. Yeah, John, uh, just uh, how much of a help is it that we've we've mentioned Simon Armour? He's having another great county season uh, over there with uh, Essex. Uh, Ryan Rickleton has, <laughs> hasn't played much for Northamptonshire, but uh, seems to make 100 just about every second innings for them. Keegan Peterson has, has had a taste of county cricket. How much does that help to, to have guys in the squad? And obviously we've had guys involved in the White Ball series, I think, as you mentioned earlier, um, who should also be pretty well acclimatised. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great help for, for those players. It's a great help for our, our national setup for the guys to get as much game time over there as possible. Obviously, all the counties are quite keen to to sign a lot of South African singers, though they, they're out there most of the summer. So it works out pretty well for the counties as well as um, our our national players getting all that exposure. Um, you know, obviously, they, there's lots of video footage and, and, and things like that. So I would think that, you know, some of those England guys would have done a bit of done a bit of homework, um, taken some video footage, had a look at Rickleton, see what he's up to, Peterson, the short time he was there, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I think that, that it's a time for us to get our guys in and it's also, I suppose, an opportunity for them to also have a look at some areas they need to bowl at at the newer players they haven't been accustomed bowling to yet. So three tests coming up between South Africa and England. The first one starting at Lords on August 17th. The second is at Old Trafford in Manchester from August 25th. And then the final test starts at the Oval on September 8th. Paul Harris, do you have a prediction for us for the test series? Sure, I think it's going to be very close. Um, I don't think any one team will sort of run away with it. I don't see that happening. Um, I think that uh, England are favourites. Um, so my head is saying England will win 2-1. Uh, but my heart is saying South Africa are going to pull one out the bag and surprise them and beat them 2-1. Great. John Kent, how confident are you? Uh, in the Proteus Test side, yeah, we're good confidence. They they're doing well in the Test uh, Championship. They've done exceptionally well under Dean Elgar, and he is once again going to lead from the forefront. Uh, yeah, I, I think looking at form, looking at you know experience and uh, versus lack of experience in both the sort of lineups, um, also going to go with the two-one to to England. There's going to be no draws unless there's the biggest rainfall ever. The way the way they play English play their cricket, um, where they're playing shots, you know we're going to have a few games ending quite early, I think, and hopefully in our favour. Great. Well, I'm um, I'm looking forward to uh, the Proteus strangling England. Uh, let them come at us. Let them play aggressively, and uh, hopefully it will cost them. So uh, we're looking forward to a fantastic Test series. Uh, thank you very much to Paul Harris and John Kent. And thank you to you, our listener, uh, for listening to us. Don't forget that you can subscribe uh, to the Dotball podcast. And you can also follow us on Twitter, which is also uh, 
uh, at dot for podcast. Do drop us a note, and uh, if you'd like us to discuss anything or have any questions, please feel free. Until then, chat to you next time. Goodbye.